Welcome to the Intentionist Podcast, where we explore the interplay between intuition, spiritual health, and everything in between. I'm your host, Amy Schreiber. And I'm Hilary Zwallen. Our intention is to create a dialogue that inspires you to consciously forge your path with curiosity and compassion for life and its mysteries. This is Hillary here, and I just finished listening to Amy's discussion with our guest today, Kim McPherson, also known as the Well Nurse, and they talk all about her journey to creating her ideal life. Kim has a great grounded energy, and as she shares her journey, she offers some really wonderful tips on how to shift your mindset as well as the listening around you when you're trying to change life paths or going through a transformational time. And what I mean by listening around you is really the naysayers or the people who have preconceived ideas of maybe how you've been showing up in your life, but now you want to put a different foot forward or you want to try maybe a radical life change and it's threatening to them and there's pushback and that can be difficult to navigate. So they explore the power of intention, the tools and specifics of manifesting your dreams and how to cope when fear and self-doubt arise. In the end, they bridge the gap between physical and spiritual health. Kim also shares her love for cacao, using your gifts to serve others, and intuitive nutrition. A little bit about Kim before I turn it over to Amy. She's an ex-ICU nurse from Australia. Kim journeyed through adrenal burnout, quitting her job, and eventually healing herself, which seems to be a theme I see among women all the time lately, just people getting completely burned out and feeling Empty, but she finally lands in Mexico where she says she's living her dream life. She aims to inspire others and mend the gap between knowing and doing through nutritional cleansing and mindset programs. Kim offers coaching sessions and runs wisdom and chocolate women's gatherings, as well as chorus and conscious dance experiences in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Really interesting stuff. I love how she's holding space for women. And I, again, I see that being a real theme among our last few guests and something that I know Amy and I are really committed to doing as well. So for more information about Kim, please visit K-I-M-M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N.net. That's Kim McPherson.net or find her on social media at the well nurse. Her, uh, that's T-H-E- W-E-L-L-N-U-R-S-E. I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. And without further ado, I'll turn the time over to Amy and Kim. Thanks for listening. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to learn more about your life. And so I thought we could just start. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you went from being an ICU nurse in Australia to living kind of your ideal life here in Mexico. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you for having me, Amy. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I I nursed for um, coming up, I think, about nine years and always knew that it really wasn't for me. I wanted to, like, I wanted to get into something to do with health and well-being and service and helping people. And I kind of fell into nursing. My mum was a nurse and I Mm. supported my grandma when she was, when we were palliating her. So everyone kind of you know, push me in that direction. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll do the first year. And I ended up really liking the course, but I never really found my feet in nursing. I did all these different wards and different areas. And that's the beauty of nursing. There's just so much variety. 
I ended up doing uh, my intensive care course and then was an intensive care nurse for around three years. And still when I was there, I, you know, although I liked certain parts of it, there was parts of it that I was like, this is just isn't for me. And mm-hmm. I wasn't in alignment with just the way things were going and some of the treatments, like a lot of the treatments on the patients when the damage was already done before they would come to us. Mm. You know what I mean? So I was really keen to get into more of the preventative health, but I couldn't kind of find my way out of nursing. So I did my health coaching course. I did a course through Institute for Integrated Nutrition, and I kind of thought that was going to save me from nursing. I thought, I'm going to be a health coach, and that would be my life, and that was ideal. So that's how I started The Well Nurse. And I started coaching nurses on better practices with eating, how to kind of manage night shift and just all of the exhaustion and the stress that goes with the job. So how to handle all that uh, naturally and prepare for shift work and and all of that. So I did that, but I kind of found it wasn't really making me any money Mm. and I was putting a lot of effort into it. So I was still nursing a lot and still had that pain in the chest when I was driving to my shifts and that, you know, that gut feeling of this isn't what I want to do and I don't want to be here. And I was working a lot of night shifts. So I ended up getting completely exhausted, burning out my adrenals and just in a place where I didn't want to be. So I ended up coming to Mexico and this is where I did my yoga training in um, Puerto oh, Vallarta. that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I thought, oh, yoga is going to save me from nursing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I came into the same kind of challenge with the finances thing because I had a big dream of my life where I needed kind of, you know, the finances, the regular finances coming in. And mm. to be a yoga teacher, although there's a lot of people that do that and thrive, I kind of didn't feel like it was making me a lot of money to be able to support myself and to be able to pay for, you know, my plane trips around and to live an abundant lifestyle that I really wanted to live here. Mm -hmm. So it was actually in Australia where my friend introduced me to a cleansing program and I got into it purely to lose weight and to feel better. I had, you know, I was completely burnt out. I was exhausted, although I was exercising a lot and drinking a lot of green juices and the so-called healthy person, in uh-huh. inverted commas, yet I didn't feel like it. Uh-huh. Had just in a constant upset tummy from various things. Yeah, after the, doing this cleanse and getting onto a lot of adaptogens, a lot of adaptogenic herbs, I felt incredible. Like I felt like someone had plugged me into... <laughs> a socket and I just lit up and lost the weight that I was carrying. My digestion improved and, you know, for someone with digestive upsets to have, you know, a flat, healthy, happy tummy was just everything for me. Wow. So I thought that I would just take these products for the rest of my life and not tell anyone about it because I was very, very shy, introverted and didn't really have any training in sales or talking to new people because I was a nurse. And yeah, I went to one of the company events and with a lot of support from my friends, I yeah was able to develop my business with, with this company. And yeah, that's what I do now full time, which is incredible. That was four years ago now and I've never looked back since. It's been just an incredible, incredible journey and 
within six months, I was able to quit my job as a nurse and move over to Mexico, which was one of the biggest dreams that I had ever. So that's pretty amazing. So now you have total freedom pretty much to work when you want and how you want. Is that sure? Totally. At the start, I did a lot more work than what I'm currently doing now. Like I did a lot of work to really establish myself in the business and really learn about the business, the industry, the products, and just to really put myself out there. And now I feel like I'm at a stage in my business and when the money's coming through that I can really focus on like other passion projects and what I really feel and know in my heart that I was here, like placed on this earth for. Oh, wow. So I want to talk more about like specifically the wellness and what is an adaptogen and that kind of thing. But first, I am interested in how since you first kind of dreamt up this life that you're leading now, moving to Mexico and seeing one by one kind of your dreams start to fulfill, how has that changed your ideas about intention setting like how how's your understanding of intention developed throughout this whole process yeah totally and it really started with baby steps it really started with just I guess experimenting and playing with the idea of intention setting and dreaming up my dream life so the first time that I came to Mexico I started journaling about how I wanted my life to look so I wrote out just one sheet of paper which describe my ideal day mm-hmm. and that included you know waking up to the sound of the crashing ocean surrounding myself with beautiful people and inspiring people doing work that inspires and delights me and just living a life of absolute freedom not having to worry about money not having to worry about my health and really thriving in a lot of the areas that were and the areas that are important to me so when I started to write those th- that thing down I read it like every day and just ever so slowly it just really started to happen and it wow. was just incredible so now as the years have developed of you know it never ceases to amaze me the things that you can manifest and mm-hmm. the power of belief and the power of the mind and how it has expanded my mind and really shown me what is possible, like really raise the roof on my expectations and the possibility of life really, which is just an incredible thing. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you first wrote that first list, did you truly believe that that was possible for you at that point? Or did it take some time to kind of really say like, no, this is possible? Yeah, like I thought it was just a dream and I really hid that list and I hid the the fact that I would read that from, you know, people and I wouldn't put my dream board up or I wouldn't really, because I was kind of embarrassed about it. I really, Uh I really still had that belief in me that like, who am I to have all of this? You know, and I thought that the people that I was kind of hanging around with, I I thought, oh my gosh, like, what if they laugh at me? Mm -hmm. You know, they don't because I kind of didn't even believe it. So I was like really attracting that reflection back to me of people that wouldn't believe it and thinking that this can't be possible. Then I started to say it and I started to believe it a little bit more and read a little bit more about the power of speaking things to, into existence. And when people would ask me what I do, I'll say, well, right now I'm a nurse, but I'm looking into moving to Mexico and I'm, I'll be a health coach soon. And I would say that and people were like, well, that's not true. And I'm like, well, it actually is. That's huge to say it out loud. That's a major big step for for me too. I feel kind of funny when I write down things that seem outlandishly amazing to actually own the fact that like, no, I'm worthy of trying to achieve what I want to achieve. That's a major barrier I think a lot of people have when they set out to try to create their life. I think it's that self-worth thing kind of 
really creeps in. So what do you do when doubt or fear creeps into your process? Yeah, good one. Um, there's a lot of, of a lot of things that I do. So I do some sort of somatic work, which is like um, just moving the energy, the stuck energy in my body. So I will like kind of do things like dance or shake or put, you know, just put a song on and just do something to change my state and even talking myself out of that and saying things like this too shall pass. Or right now I do things like the Ho'oponopono. I'm not sure if you know that prayer. No, the, tell me what it is. It's the ancient Hawaiian prayer and um, it's about clearing the energy. So if you have some sort of stuck energy within you and a situation or you and a person, you say um, four statements. You say, I love you, thank you, please forgive me and I am sorry. So you don't actually have to say that out loud. A lot of the times I will say that just just in my mind, but it really supports that old, you know, the, just that patterning of I can't have that or that person must be judging me or just the crazy that goes in goes in my mind really when I'm, I'm striving for that next thing because it's really, I feel like it's changing, I'm changing my identity when I'm like I'm making that next leap into the person that I am thriving to be or the person that, that my mind just wants to go, well, no, that's not you, or that's scary, or what if you fail, or, you know, just the just the, <laughs> the crazy, really. Uh-huh. So it takes you back into the present and takes you back, I guess, into the heart space. Yeah, yeah. that's what Say that again, the name of that prayer. Ho'oponopono, so H-O-O apostrophe P-O-O-N-O-O. Oh, yeah, that's a beautiful idea. It wow. It is. It's Hawaiian. There's a guy. Oh, I can't remember his name. I'll have to research the book. Yeah, uh-huh. there's, a, there's a great book oh, about it. Good. Yeah. So let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk Manifestation 101. So is there a certain magic formula of sorts that you use now as you approach trying to create your ideal life? You have an idea. Is there like certain specific steps that you take to bring that idea into reality? Uh-huh. Now I'm really into writing a story, like writing a script. Uh-huh. And I really got this from one of my mentors, uh, Peter Kelly. And so I've got, you know, I've written the script for around about four different areas of my life. And so I read that script most days. And it's really the story around what you would like to feel and to be. So I could have even written a script for something like something like this, something like this podcast. Mm-hmm. Like I, and I could have said, I had an amazing time with Amy. I spoke clearly, you know, I felt incredible afterwards. The listeners got exactly what they wanted to out of that experience. So really just speaking things into the present moment. That's, that's mm-hmm. one of the, the key things and really honing in on how you wanted to feel and how you want the other people to feel. So a lot of times we get, well, for sure, I, get a little bit caught up with how I'm perceived and it's not really about me. Mm-hmm. It's about what what I'm creating and, and how I'm serving and and what, you know, is actually happening in, like say if I was teaching a yoga class to really get out of my own nervousness, I would be like, okay, that's all about them. Mm-hmm. The people leave feeling light, feeling inspired and feeling like they've had a great class. That's really powerful. I'm going to have to start doing that. That's amazing. Yeah. Especially in those situations where you are like, like in teaching a yoga class, that's very nerve wracking to do, Mm -hmm. but to 
keep that perspective that you it's it's all about how you can be of service to someone else like that I think it would just put you more at ease in right. in those situations yeah. but, and also asking for support in that situation like asking for the support with whatever you believe in the divine and then it's like it's not all about you don't have to do it all yourself mm. you know it's like oh, I give this up to you know the divine or that's that's what I'm comfortable with that word and and knowing that the people that are coming there are the people that are supposed to come for that reason and those people have their own you know source or their own spirit guides or whatever whatever that are supporting them so it's not only on me mm. to ensure that they have the best experience in that situation that's amazing advice so now that you have kind of proven to yourself that you can make these things happen and these things are possible with the power of your words, with the power of your belief and your actions toward these, this dream life. Has that changed the way that you look at your mind as far as putting, I don't know, like maybe added pressure on yourself? Like, are you extra, extra careful with your thoughts now? Does that stress you out walking around? Totally. Totally. It does. And a lot of the times that's when I'll have to really catch my thoughts and either do the Pono prayer or repeat in my mind. It's a yeah, just like an affirmation from Louise Hay, that may be true for some, but it is not true for me. Mm-hmm. And that's really when, you know, if you get other people coming in and saying, like, people that I used to work with at nursing, they're like, well, there's no money in that. And a lot of people fail at that. And I would just just fire back. You know, that might be true for some, but it's not true for me. And it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be true for me. So, yeah, totally. And I know, I definitely know and have that, it's relieving to know that our our positive thoughts and our good intentions are like a thousand times more effective than our like our worries is it yeah that is good news well don't quite quote me that but that's what I live by yeah you should that helps me sleep at night no that's that's good well because I was thinking like when they say that in a relationship you say like a critical comment you have to make like 10 positive comments to make up for the negative comment but let's hope it's just opposite of that right totally So I like what you said about being of service to others. And it seems like you are very focused on taking this life that you've created for yourself and then using it to inspire and empower other people, women especially. And it's kind of the whole Spider-Man, like with the great power comes great responsibility. It seems like you take that very, that responsibility very seriously to kind of like take what you've learned and share it out to the world. Is that another thing that kind of causes you stress at, at times? Totally. It yeah. Does. It can be really overwhelming. And uh-huh. there was really a phase where I wasn't kind of accepting. And a lot of people were kind of saying, you know, people look up to you or people are kind of watching what you're doing. And I was just like, me? Like, I just really, I was kind of in disbelief for a while. And then, then I really had to kind of assess what I was doing and the power that, you know, creating with what I'm doing with, with women at the moment. And yeah, I think that's where, where self-care really comes in and where my own boundaries I've had to set with saying no to things that, that no longer serve me and that were taking up a lot of my energy so then I could really focus on what is important to me. But it's also that with that responsibility, there's also a responsibility to be 
completely authentic and, and human and know right. that I don't I don't have my shit together all the time. You know, I, I struggle with a lot of things that that we all struggle with. We're all humans. And so mm. I really am am putting that across to, you know, just to be really authentic and say I'm not perfect. So please don't, you know, don't Deify you. Yeah. Exactly. You. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's interesting the way that, I mean, I think, I feel like it happens with anyone in a, in a leadership position or a teaching position, especially yoga teachers, people come to a class and they feel wonderful because yoga is amazing and wonderful. And they're suddenly you're this shiny person who can do no wrong. And, and, but that's good to continually put forth like your authentic self and make sure people know that like no there's beauty in the humanness and the imperfectness it's not we don't have to be perfect here this isn't what it's about it's about the learning right totally so talk to me then you mentioned your your women's groups that you lead so tell talk to me about wisdom and chocolate and kind of how that came about yeah awesome um well, it came about, I, I'm a part of some women's, um, some global women's like sisterhood online, mm-hmm. which I've been a part of for the last three years, which has been just absolutely incredible. It's like a, like a living workshop that I've gone through to really support me in conscious communication, compassionate leadership, and really that feeling of being held and feeling supported and celebrated by an incredible sisterhood. So that was something that I really wanted to create here in, in Puerto Vallarta. There are a lot of people here that aren't living close to their family. There's a lot of expat community here. And even the people, even within that, there was a lot of times where a lot of people that come to Wisdom and Chocolate, they are women that might not have been the the kind of like the black sheep of the family, you know, like Mm -hmm. loving spirituality and a different way of thinking and different way of being that it's just a place where we can come, be held, support each other, speak consciously. And it's not, you know, I guess it's not a place where it's just another avenue where we can hang out and connect that might not be at the bars, you know, sipping margaritas. Right. Yeah. A little loud there. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So tell me now then about cacao. Like you seem very passionate about all things wellness and especially cacao. You started this new dance experience and you were the cacao leader, right? Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about kind of the magical side of cacao and then the health, like the sciencey side of it. Totally. Yeah. I love Mm -hmm. cacao and it really has been something that I felt like came to me like many years ago when I was in Australia and that I've been using cacao just to really like, it's another state changer really. Mm -hmm. And it's um, a beautiful medicine. It's got a beautiful feminine energy and it's a heart opener, like a vasodilator. So it really supports you into getting back into the heart space. So it's something that we use in Wisdom and Chocolate, which is the women's the women's groups that I lead. We use that to really get into the heart space. And it's just a, it's a great icebreaker too if we're sitting around eating delicious chocolate. Right. You know, that's Who can a, be sad. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we do that. And then also with the Coruscant, with the Conscious Dance that we've been doing also, it's for the same thing, getting us back into our bodies, into our heart space. And it's also increases serotonin, so it helps us to feel happier so the mood boosting thing it also gives you a bit of energy mm-hmm. which everyone needs when they're, when they're dancing yeah I love it, it, it it's playful I'm by no means a cacao shaman 
but I I absolutely love cacao. Yeah, it's it seems like one of those rare things that has all these health benefits and physical effects on the body. And then you combine that with the ritual aspect of it. Yeah, it seems like a really great substance. I'm very excited to try the first uh, Chorus Sun Dance experience. Yeah, I'm going to try to come on. It's on Sunday, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, come along. That is something that you're doing with a lot of other people. How has collaborating with with all these different people that it kind of fell together, didn't it? Yeah, totally. So um, also my friend Mao, who's a DJ from here, um, he's an incredible artist. Like we both kind of really were keen to get it to, to get it going. So um, collaborating with him and then with some other people who are doing like meditation, the sound healing and the warm-up, it's just been incredible. And, you know, ask and it will come. You know, build it and they will come. So we've had some people just drop in who would really there to support and we now have got what we call the Corazones, which are people that come just to really support on the dance floor, really to support holding space, to volunteer with hugs and making sure everyone's okay and, and have everything. So it's another great, I guess, example of the intention. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, I wrote the story, wrote the script for that also, and I wrote the script for how the first one would go, and I'm writing the script now for how the second one would go, and just really taking the attention off myself, and it's not just me who's creating this, and the right people will come, and they will leave feeling energized and like they've had some sort of transformational experience, and that they've been able to feel free and in their body on the dance floor, which is, um, for me, especially growing up, I couldn't feel that. I was mm-hmm. always really self-conscious about what other people were thinking. And it's just a really great avenue to, to completely let go and leave your troubles on the dance floor and just shake it out. And just knowing that we were just, we were just born to move. We were born to like sway and, and to just flow through life. But it's kind of society that's told us, no, you have to do this. You can't can't be seen being too excited or too passionate about anything or just breaking out in song and dance anywhere you have to be you know just in this kind of this kind of box so it's really coming together to shake all that and I really want to create with Corazon with Wisdom and Chocolate that more conscious communication and conscious community that people can really come and meet some people and you know meet new friends and and go away with some sort of change experience. Yeah, that, I can tell you firsthand. I was talking to my friend who went to the first one, and she kind of had a crazy experience where she shed this whole old like relationship that she had been dealing with for a long time, and she's kind of out of commission for a couple of days afterwards. But it was like, yeah, major shift went on for her just just from that one experience so it's working yeah it's powerful it's very powerful which is scary at the same time yeah yeah so can you tell me more about the nutrition bit and the wellness and the cleanses that you've done or I'm not sure what it is that your company yeah. mm-hmm. does but tell me more about yeah, that yeah there's um well there's a few things that that really attract me to, to this this company well number one is the adaptogens so adaptogens they're a class of herbs that really go to the side of stress 
So there's a few herbs called like ashwagandha, shizanthrum, goji, and a brilliant class of herbs that are sourced from the most natural process and, and, and comes in like a, either a powder or a liquid form. And it's kind of like an elixir or a tonic that you have that really soothes the system. So for myself, who was completely exhausted, it got me up to just a beautiful, balanced energy. I take that every single morning and I take another dose, like say if I've worked out or if I've had a really tough day. So it will give you energy or also support you with sleep. So stress, you know, if anyone's living and breathing today, they're going through some <laughs> yeah. sort of stress, yeah. you know. So that's kind of the first thing that it does and also releases impurities. But from a cellular level, even if you're eating a, cl- a super clean diet, there's just a lot of the, you know, the pollutants in the air, mm-hmm. the toxins that are sprayed on our food right now. Then the last thing and the beautiful thing that it does, which will flood the body with the nutrients that it needs. So the, the vitamins and the minerals that we're made, they were losing from our food supply and from the soil because it's very, very, our soil is very depleted right now due to many things but it really will go to that and just really amplify and supplement somebody's already healthy diet mm-hmm. yeah that's interesting I think almost every woman I know feels really fatigued mm-hmm. and I think that it's a major issue these days yeah especially yeah nutrition I'm always excited to get people's takes on it because it's a topic that is so muddy like there's so much research but no consensus on anything like it's it's ridiculous so how does like your own intuition coupled with research kind of play into your dietary choices yeah Awesome question because it's something that I've just, I feel like I've spent majority of my life um, since I can remember. I had some like just some body issues growing up and so I was always kind of looking for the next thing that was going to make me skinny or was going to make me feel better. And so I've tried like completely so many diets. And then when we, when I did my training at IAN, they teach us a new kind of diet, a new way of eating from the lead specialists like every week. So I tried a lot of that. And at the end, I, really go with my intuition and like I've tried a lot of cutting out meat and really seeing you know feeling into my body and how that feels and now because people always ask oh what are you like what kind of diet and I kind of really just brush off the the topic and I don't like to give myself labels because I used to label myself a vegetarian and then I labeled myself a paleo. And like, you know, when I was moving from vegetarianism to paleo, people like, you know, see me eating meat because I started having dreams about meat. And then I had meat and I was like, oh my God, my, like I think this is just my body type thriving yeah. from that. And I really needed that groundedness and that mm-hmm. feeling. So I really disliked having to explain myself a lot because they're like, wow, you're not supposed to eat that or you know, like just all of this stuff. And just, although now like I'm living by the ocean, I eat a lot of fish and sometimes I'll eat meat, but it's just really really religious. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. And you know, some like different things for different times also. So right now we're in like the heat of summer. Uh So I'm going to eat different things right now than I would have eaten if it was winter in Australia. Right. So, and when I go back to Australia, I eat so much more things because I get that comfort food and that homely kind of food that my mum would cook or things that remind me of something. And so I really feel into the intention when I'm eating the food. If it's something that's not in my general diet, I guess, or general Mm -hmm. way of eating, I really just have the intention that this food that I'm consuming is going to nourish me no matter what it is. 
right. and have that kind of intention and feeling good while I'm eating it and not having that restrict. I felt like I had just, you know, years and even decades of like restricting and just feeling like I was bad because I ate something and I'm like, I really want to kind of release that and just bring just so much self-love into the whole eating process. That's big because, yeah, you're not going to benefit, even if you're eating nothing but superfood smoothies, if you're eating it with the stress and rigidity of non-enjoyment, you know, that's not going to... It's not going to nourish you no matter mm-hmm. like how many good things are in it. Yeah. Going more into that, when you eat and you're listening to your body and what it means, how, how did you learn to di- differentiate between coming from a place of true intuition about it, like you're feeling the feelings in your body versus just like you're coming from a place of emotional lack and so you're eating emotionally. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And it's been a whole journey uh-huh. and I've done a lot of work on this. The most significant work I've done is with Marianne Williams. She really bases her work around A Course in Miracles. She's got a book called A Course in Weight Loss. And although it sounds really maybe superficial, it is, it really go, it really looks into kind of compulsive eating and really gets you back into the present about what you're eating and why you're eating that. And so there was a lot of processes that I did and a lot of like ceremonies and, you know, writing out and praying about my eating and really bringing myself back into the present moment with every single bite. And it's like, why am I eating this? Like, am I hungry or is this an emotion or a response to something? Like, say, if I'm super happy or super joyous, I'll just want to like kind of eat to calm myself or to bring myself back to a neutral feeling. Or if I'm sad or if I'm lonely or if I'm in a house by myself or something like that will kind of be a trigger for me. And yeah, just bringing that awareness back into why I'm eating. Yeah, that's been that's been huge for my for my journey right now. Yeah. So the book is called A Course in Weight Loss? Yes. Yeah. And it's like a 21 day guide that you do these exercises each day. And I did it, I kind of did it twice. So I did it over like more over a longer period than 21 days. I kind of didn't feel like I was finished with um, certain exercises to be able to move on. And it's, it's very like it changes you. It's it's changing your identity around food. And if you've had this certain identity for decades, then it's not something that can kind of be changed very quickly. Right. Well, I could imagine if it's all based on the Course of Miracles. I haven't read through the whole book, but the part that I have, it's like, step one, nothing is real. Exactly. (laughs) Nothing is what you think it is. (laughs) Yeah, like what? (laughs) So did you start this journey kind of with your physical health? And how did that kind of spill over into other areas of your life, kind of reclaiming your health and taking charge of it and responsibility for it? Yeah. So it really, like, I I think the whole journey, yeah, it started with wanting to actually wanting to look better. But when I got my body into an alignment, then I started to be able to kind of listen to, to my inner guide and listen to my heart and feel like things were flowing a lot easier. So it kind of started with, um, started with my health and getting that in tune. And then I was able to kind of figure out that the life wasn't always, it's not all about me. And so what can I create from this space of my own journey and from this space of being able to create things and I guess getting my mind in alignment with my body and my soul to then create what I'm supposed to be here to create. So it's really become this whole spiritual practice. Totally. From at first just wanting to look good and that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That kind of life takes you where you are 
and you learn one thing and then you just keep going and going and going until suddenly you have this beautiful, you're living on the beach in Mexico, you know, <laughs> type thing. Yeah, totally. But I know, if I look back, like, you know, the steps that I was taking, everything was ha- everything was just happening for a reason. And I'm like, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm exactly where I was supposed to be then. I'm exactly mm-hmm. where I'm supposed to be now. And if I found myself wanting more or not in a good place, I was like, you know, something better is, is, is about to come. And just really reminding myself that, that I am enough as I am right now. Mm. So how does spiritual health look for you at this point like how do you approach spirituality yeah um well with daily life I make sure that I do like a morning routine and that's my non-negotiable and that's um that really consists of of meditation and moving my body and I feel like if I do that first thing in the morning no matter what then I really I really feel like the rest of my day is is a lot easier. It's easier to come back to that place of like coming back to my heart when my mind or circumstances kind of flow me off the direction. I'm about, mm. I, I feel like more and more able to bring it back and to recognize where I've, um, where I'm like kind of being human mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and being okay with that also. Yeah. Not trying to make myself wrong or get into a shame spiral about feeling anything really all Uh, feelings are welcome here that's great yeah I was just reading Jim Click and he was talking about the morning routine and how crucial that is and if you win the morning you win the day and it's making me feel all inspired to like really nail down my routine because ever since we moved into this place I've fallen out of what I was doing before and it's definitely makes a difference like you start the morning grounded your day is is better for sure and no matter where I am in the world, because I do travel a lot, and so I go back to Australia for a couple of months a year, mm-hmm. and um, I do trips to the States and all around. So if my morning routine is the same, then that's the that's the, the groundedness of me. That's yeah. great. So has your spiritual practice, I mean, obviously it's evolved over time, but like when you were younger or growing up, was it? did it look a lot different? Did you grow up religious? Yeah, no, I didn't, no. And this, like, spirituality wasn't really celebrated in my family. It's Mm -hmm. um, it's something that I've gone to other mentors and a lot of books and a lot of podcasts and just different, you know, seminars and things like that just to really find what is important to me and how to kind of do things, Mm -hmm. yeah. Did you... Just as you became an adult, you felt interested and started exploring different yeah, avenues of that? Totally. And um, and what was a turning point for me was around about seven years ago when I had a breakup mm-hmm. and I feel like I hit kind of my rock, bot- rock bottom. That was when I really started to delve into a lot of these books and I just was like, you know, every waking moment was either listening to a podcast or this is when I was really feeling like there was no other way um, mm-hmm. and there must be a different way. So that was why kind of, you know, what, what got me through a lot of that breakup and that time where I was really, I went through a really big kind of satin return around that time when mm-hmm. I had the breakup and I kind of, you know, wanted to quit my job and I was like looking into doing, you know, my health coaching course and all of these different things that I changed a lot of things at the same time. So the spirituality was really, that was my groundedness and that was my rock. So, nice. yeah. So for listeners who don't know, Saturn return is when 
Saturn comes back to the same position that it was when you were born, right? And it takes 30 uh, years or 29 years? Well, it goes in like a seven-year cycle. Okay. So like 7, 14, and then around the time when like, well, like, you know, 21 and then 20, 28 is a really significant in mm-hmm. between the ages of kind of 28 to 20. Second, thirty-ish is a really significant point in one's life. So, depending, you know, each individual is different, but depending on what's going on with them and um, and spiritually, some people might have like a cruisy one. Some people might just quit their job or have Mm -hmm. a breakup or move house. Um, But someone might have a really significant one. And for me, it was like it's hugely significant, and I was really grateful at the time. It was, you know. It was a challenge for me. yeah. (laughs) But um, now I'm so grateful to be able to 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 look back on that and say that was um, that was a pivotal moment in my life where I was able to really take charge of what I wanted to take charge of and really look at every aspect of my life through new lenses and say, is this really what I want? Is this really the direction? And at that point in my life, I had. I felt like I had the power to to change that. During mm-hmm. my 20s, I kind of – I felt like I let a lot of other people guide me in the direction that they thought my, my life should go in. I asked, like, a lot of my – a lot of the questions to, you know, people closest to me, what do you think about this? What do you think? I couldn't, like – I'd had this kind of inability to make own my own decisions. So once I started to make little baby decisions and then the big ones, that was just – yeah, that was crucial. Yeah, that's a major, that's a major step like into adulthood, really, like taking responsibility for your life. So circling back to intention, kind of this power of intention, what is your relationship right now with, with belief, like belief in a higher power, belief in yourself? And how has that kind of shifted and changed over over time for you. Yeah, totally. Um, what comes up for me right now is like the whole thing about self-worth and, mm-hmm. and I am enough that just that, you know, just that brilliant sta- statement, those yeah. three words and believing that I am worthy of, of that, which I am intending and that, which I'm creating at the moment. So more and more, I feel like my belief is, um, is expanding. And I do ask the question a lot, how does, how does it get any better than this? So when things are going really well or things aren't going really well, I just kind of ask the question, how does life get any better than this or how does this situation get any better? So in that, I feel like I'm taking away the stress or maybe a little bit of overwhelm of having to create something that's better. It's like, well, I'll leave that up to you know a higher power to mm-hmm. create something that's better than even this. Yeah. That's nice. That's a good uh, mindset. It's so interesting to listen to the way that people speak. And and as I'm sitting here listening to you, your speech is very positive leaning. And then there's people who speak like negative leaning, like the things they say are more no, and this isn't possible. And I'm focused on this negative thing over here that's happening like that has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's an excellent example of just how your focus and, and your words really create the situations you find yourself in. Like maybe not immediately, sometimes immediately, like you were telling me today, your 
sweet new puppy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, for I think that's a major challenge for a lot of people, changing the inner dialogue to one that is growth creating mm-hmm. instead of like destructive. So before we get off, can you just tell um, listeners how they can reach you if they want to contact you about your website or mm-hmm. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff? Yeah. Facebook is Kim McPherson, the well nurse, like the well nurse, as in what I used to yes. be a nurse. Uh, Instagram's the same, the well nurse. And my Facebook is Kim McPherson.net. Awesome. And you offer like wellness coaching as well as yeah, those yeah. products? Yeah, so that the wellness coaching is based around the cleansing system. Mm-hmm. So it's really, you know, flooding the body with the nutrients, releasing the impurities and having just beautiful adaptogens flooding through our body. So I do that. Also do, you know, the in-person women's circles here mm-hmm. in Porta Vallada, the Corazon dance experience. And yeah, that's... Um, and those each have their own Facebook page, right? Wisdom and Chocolate. Cora Sun. Well, Wisdom and Chocolate's a group. Oh, it's a group. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, um, and that's specific for women in Porto Vallada who live here who want to attend the groups. So, um, if they're people that wanting to create their own kind of groups or their own things, I can support with that also. I've had some some friends um, back in Australia that just really want to, that they're kind of used to like holding space and they really want to bring, they, I, I kind of go through a little bit of the guidelines that we do and the structure of, um, of what we're creating and the vision behind Wisdom and Chocolate. Um, so I can support with that also. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for talking of with course. me. Thank you. It's an honor. Before we part, we'd like to say thanks for listening, and we hope you'll connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. We would love to hear from you and appreciate all feedback, shares, and likes. To learn more and subscribe to our newsletter, visit intentionists.com. And no matter where you are or what you're creating, we send you love and invite you to breathe and begin. See you next week.